This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. So we are here today for our first in-person interview for the podcast with Dr. Lisa Pappenbrock and she was my roommate in chiropractic school. We have grown up from baby doctors to very mature very doctors, mature doctors <laughs> um, out of school since 07, technically, yeah. uh, treating since 08. And I brought her on today to talk to us a little bit about Vedic meditation and her journey with that. It's something that I'm looking into getting into. She's trying to convince me to get there. Um 40 minutes a day sounds like a, a ton to me as a mom, but she promises me that I will get better sleep with it. So she is going to talk to us about her journey, what got her started into meditation, how it's changed her life, and that specific type, because um, there are different types. So here is Dr. Lisa. Hi. So um, as far as the time commitment goes, I was easily the person who would be on her feet doing everything for like 15 hours a day. Like I could not sit still at all. Um, and I think it came to a point where I was doing home visits and I was in my car a lot, like 10 hours a day, uh, driving 120 miles sometimes and just like treating patients at their homes. And it was really, really, really stressful. Like I had like no time to myself anymore. And, um, during that, I was listening to a lot of Deepak Chopra at the time and also Eckhart Tolle, and it kind of introduced me to meditation. And I'm like, I can't do that. You know, I can't even sit still for like 10 minutes. Um, but I was always like filling my life with like tons and tons of activities um, to just kind of like take up space and try to like find some type of like joy and happiness. And then on top of that, the stress of driving around and not having a home base as far as like patient uh, treatment goes, I just needed something different. Um, and so I knew I needed to start meditating, but I wanted something that was like very scientifically based because that's very much who I was. I needed to have it research based, founded in science. I had already taught a couple courses on meditation that were like 25 hour courses. So I needed to have a technique that was like, this is scientific. This is none of anything else outside of that. Um, you learn to let go of that over time. <laughs> and um, so as I was doing these home visits, I didn't want to have something that I needed to have my phone for. I didn't want to have something that I needed to have like pre-recorded or I just need something that I could do anywhere at any time um, that I also felt like was uh, accessible to me as, to, as well too. So my mentor came to me via Australia. So my mentor came to me via Australia Um so she was visiting family in Pittsburgh and one of my former patients who I hadn't seen in five years. And I have no idea how that person even knew that I was knew that I was doing home visits, referred her to me and I met her and I was working on her and I'm like, Oh, what do you do? And she's like, Oh, I'm a meditation teacher. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I'm looking for a meditation teacher. I'm like, where are you from? And she's like, Australia, I'm here visiting my family, but I'm planning on moving back. And I'm like, 
interesting. So we talked all about um, just the form of meditation that she teaches. And it's all the things that I have already taught about in advanced yoga courses. Um, so it's, it was all research based. It was all talking about kind of like the stress relief, um, improved kind of um, physicality, improved immune system, better sleep, um, everything that I have researched on my own and confirms, you know, when you are presenting a project. So it's, it was everything that I was looking for. Um, so when she came back, I got, I was like one of the first people that get initiated into Pittsburgh. And when you first start you know, meditating, the practice is that I do a form of transcendental meditation. So it's mantra based. Um, you are um, given a sound and the sound has no meaning. So the sound is there to um, relax the minds and just kind of, it's a very charming sounds and it starts making you be less interested in other thoughts. And so that's nice because then when you have less thoughts and less traffic going up into your head, you can kind of form a sense of deep relaxation then as well too. Um, so when thoughts come into the mind, that's okay. You just go back to the mantra. It's very easy. It's very effortless. There's no pressure. There's still, I've been meditating for two years. There's still days where I just have thoughts 20 minutes and it's like no big deal. Like nobody who's meditating is actually sitting there thoughtless and in bliss for 20 minutes. I just want to make that very clear. No one. So there are thoughts um, and you just go back to the mantra or your breath, whatever form of meditation that you're doing, but it's a practice and there's always things that come up and it just really takes the pressure off knowing that you're still meditating, even when you're having thoughts and even when you're distracted, the point is that on a daily basis, twice a day, you're sitting down. Um, so at the beginning, I was not really great at being consistent with my meditations. Um, I would skip a few days. Sometimes I would skip a week. Um, I was always very good at doing my morning one, but in the end of the day, it was 10 o'clock at night after running around for 15 hours and I would just skip the second one. Um, but even just doing one a day, you start noticing kind of changes in your life. You become kind of like less reactive and, um, you notice subtle differences. And then all of a sudden it was more charming for me to do it twice a day. And then you continue to do it twice a day and um, two years in now. And for me, it's non-negotiable. Even if I'm tired at the end of the day, I will still do 10 minutes. And if I fall asleep during my second meditation, that's okay. Cause the intention was still there to like sit down and do it. But um, I am a non-negotiable twice a day meditator now with no problem because it almost becomes like your friends. And if you miss one, you almost kind of miss it because you know how beneficial it is to you and how it kind of keeps you ahead of the curve. So the reason we do twice a day is because every stress, the amount of stress that we encounter every day actually is cumulative and we hold old stresses in our body. So we do twice a day one to take care of the stress that you felt that day. And then the second one is to get ahead of the stress that you may have felt in the past as well, too. Um, so you're staying ahead, but also clearing that which you have had embodied and maybe not um, maybe let go of. And um, I can say from my own personal experience, I was very detached from what was going on in my body because I was so focused on my patients and everybody else in the world that I was very in tune with what they were feeling and what, what they were doing and what they were experiencing. And I was not so great at really kind of um, experiencing what my body was actually going through as well too. So um, over the last two years, there's been a lot of stress relief and with that comes a lot of healing and with that comes a lot of 
um, coming together between like your mind and your body. And, and with that too, there's a lot less of those kind of like negative thoughts and, um, worries and fears. Um, but it's all progressive. And if you stop doing it, you kind of fall back into old habits, but you are forming new neural patterns. Our brain is plastic. So we're just forming kind of like new canyons and new rivers of a healthier, more sustainable way of, of being. And your entire like perspective on life starts to improve a little bit as well with that too. So what I picked up from what you're saying too, that translates into our more musculoskeletal, that's what our job is in the, as chiropractors, but the, that stress is cumulative because I don't know about you, but I get patients in the office that I'll ask if they're stressed and they say not anymore. So if it's a cumulative stress yeah. and they have they had this traumatic year or so many years, if they're, that stressor is gone, but they haven't resolved it on a few different levels, they're still going to struggle with it. Exactly. Um, and signs of that is, um, is that maybe you're excessively tired. You know, it doesn't actually have to feel like stress. You could be getting sick a lot. You could be getting injured a lot. You could be sleeping poorly. You could all of a sudden just be puffy. You could spontaneously have bouts of just like intense joy or intense like rage or like sadness with like no explanation behind it. Um, you can all of a sudden be forgetting things more frequently than you did in the past. Um, maybe your reaction times are slower than they've been. Like stress isn't always really obvious. Like, Oh, I feel so stressed out or my brain is so everywhere. Like you can have very, very subtle symptoms, um, of, of being, having a kind of like stress maladaptation response. That's what we would like to call it. Um, stress itself is actually really good for us without stress. Like we can't grow. Right. So, um, but we have to have the appropriate amount of being able to adapt to different stresses. Otherwise we start having, um, symptoms that are, um, less than desirable and things around us in our, um, kind of everyday life start to kind of become a lot more, um, we reach a lot more obstacles and, there's a lot of like deterioration and um, which just adds to more stress and more like of a stress response. So our bodies have to feel safe enough to be able to actually release stress. And most of our um, schedules and most of our lifestyles don't actually allow for that kind of like quiet place for the body to kind of let go of things that it has accumulated throughout your entire lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, so the things that do allow us to release stress are things like laughter, um, you know, the actual um, sleeping, but specifically like the dream states, um, mindful breath work, like breathing well, spending time in nature, um, getting some sunshine. Um, these are all, you know, and spending time with like loved ones and like, you know, areas where you experience joy. Those are things that actually allow you to let go of stress. Um, specific forms of movement do also um, they're, they're more slower. They're a lot slower. Um, they allow you to let go of stress as well too, but we're always under the assumption like, Oh, working out helps me relieve stress. Working out actually, depending on what type of workout you're doing, makes you even more adaptable to take on more stress. And I think that's quite the opposite of what, what most of us need to be doing. We don't need to become more adaptable to taking on more stress. We, I think we should like it would be more beneficial and more sustainable for us to start letting go of the stress that we have so kindly and greedily accumulated into our bodies at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say 
a lot of people aren't aware of the stress in their life because even that's one of our questions that we ask every patient. And it's almost like tongue in cheek at this moment, you know, cause who doesn't have, well, who doesn't have stress ever, but who doesn't have stress in this day and age? If you know, no matter what area it is, family, quarantining, exposures, all those kind of things, or, you know, just navigating that minefield of what is right, what is best. That's a type of stress as well. And there, I'd say that most of my patients say they don't, they don't have stress. And I laugh and I try to explain that stress comes in so many forms and maybe you're just so used to it. And so like, thinking that's your that's your norm and i find that if they we we do a lot of breathing work at the office and that like she said that's a nice way to release stress but if ideally if you could get everyone to meditate or get outside and those kind of things that would be that would make our jobs easier (laughs) and we want that for you you know we don't want people walking around with these poor like stress responses, um, and overreactions and cause it's cyclical, you know, it's like a self-perpetuating loop that you have to have to actively participate in breaking and not just breaking once or twice, but breaking on a daily basis too. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, neuroplasticity, this is, this is how our nervous system learns. This is how our brain learns. This is how our body responds is we have the ability to retrain our brain, retrain our body by doing, something new over and over and over again. And the new thing that we introduce will hopefully be something that is beneficial to our health. Um, and the healthier you are, the less you need people like us. <laughs> now I have, I do, ha- I know the, um, one of the coaches in my local area actually had coach, or I don't think she's the coach anymore, but she coached boys cross country and she had them do, I think it was the call map or something like that. And I thought that, you know, that was so awesome to introduce to teenage boys before they would run practice or um, do a meet. Um, And I know that those apps are supposed to be like hand holders and I've tried them and I'm like, Oh, I don't like these lead things. So I think it's even more accessible to learn your style of meditation because you can do it anywhere. You don't need any tools. You don't need any props or anything like that. And she said she does it every day, twice a day, except when my daughter interrupts her (laughs) and she's spending the night at my house. (laughs) Auntie Lisa! It's the best interruption, actually. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm actually planning on doing the introductory course, which is a weekend. And it's actually not even like I'm used to continuing it. And they you get there and you work from like sunrise to sunset every day. But it's actually only an hour and a half each day. But then the hard work of implementing it starts. And so Lisa did this, you know, two and a half years ago. But she's also just completed in August. uh, Like advanced knowledge courses as well, too. So um, there's just more and more and more learning. And it just is really satisfying to start it's almost like you come back full circle, right? Like we started out as these like adorable little babies that are squishy and like 
they have no stress, right? Like the only stress they had is going through the birth canal, right? Mm -hmm. But like they haven't had like environmental stresses yet outside of that. They haven't had societal stress. They haven't had peer pressure. They haven't had all of these external things. So like all they know is what they have within. And then they have these like lovely parents to like take care of them, right? And then throughout our life, we just get like all this stuff like dumped on us, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, this is how we start like, well, at least how for me, I started like just disconnecting is just I you start to forget kind of like what you are underneath all of this kind of like stress and acting and adjusting and trying to adapt to like all of these like external things. Um, so you come full circle. And as you let go of that stress, you, you find that kind of like inner one, one is kind of like inner joy, just kind of inner sense of like peace where you don't feel like you need to anymore do all of these other extra things anymore because you have that sense of like fulfillment, like that comes from within. And I think that's, interesting because I think it's something that like we're all looking for which is why we're all so busy and it's like what is within us that we're either like avoiding or just kind of afraid of finding you know Mm -hmm. um but it's a really really beautiful thing to kind of like come come back to that again and know that like everything is um everything that we need is really within ourselves and we don't have to look externally you know for some type of like satisfaction or for some type of like external validation or anything like that but and then also kind of communicate that with, with other people and have these like shared experiences too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so with the Vedic meditation, they, I found that they really want you to do it in person. It's not like you can do it yeah. online. Right. I looked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, and, and there's, so Vedic meditation is specifically a type of meditation that is um, part of a lineage that has been unbroken for 5,000 years. Um, a more general form of a mantra-based meditation is transcendental meditation as well, too. So in both forms, you you do sit down for like the 20 minutes. Um, but I, I like the... I, I like that it's a lineage. I like that it's a tradition that feels very like good to me, which is why I went more for um, in the direction and it was offered to me as well too. So that's, that's clearly how I knew that that was the one that was meant for me. But um, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have somebody around you who does Vedic meditation initiation specifically, um, you can look into like transcendental meditation as well too. I think that's a little bit more accessible um, with, with the same kind of idea and technique behind it of, of having this kind of, uh, mantra based kind of like stillness for uh, twice a day, but there's lots of other different types of like lead meditations. And I do feel that there is a form of meditation for every single person. Um, and it's just finding the one that does work for you because any form of meditation is better than no meditation whatsoever. And I feel like if you're too busy to meditate, then you're kind of too busy. <laughs> you yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you do become kind of like a time magician, like So I'm not doing necessarily any less than what I was doing before. It's just when I actually am taking action now, I'm so much more like efficient, you know, and I'm so much more productive in a much shorter amount of time that I end up just having more time. So I'm still doing, I'm still working full time. I'm still seeing all my patients, you know, I still like to do all of my um, other activities that like keep me physically in shape and, you know, seeing my friends socially and everything like that too. But I feel like I just have extra hours in a day that I just didn't have before. And because I'm a lot less distracted when I am doing things because of my meditation practice, everything just takes less time to do. So you end up having more time. So it's this really beautiful kind of dance almost. Because the, when I talk to patients, because I, I don't like to suggest something that I haven't put into practice myself. So I'll talk about it as an option, but 
I can't speak to it broadly because I don't have experience in it and I have not the very good sits. So kind of person you can ask my husband, I annoy him greatly because on the weekends he can sit down and relax and watch something or whatever. And you know, if there is something that needs done, I cannot sit down and not do it. So it's like I get up and I'm just doing stuff until I pass out at the end of the night. Yeah. So I'm not good at sitting, which to me says that I probably need to do this. And I mean, if it, that's the number one thing that people tell me when I mention meditation is that they don't have the extra 40 minutes in their day. And that's why I'm going to try this and give it, you know, a full six months because I feel like you really haven't given something a chance if you've only do it for a month. And that's like, even with patients and I give exercises, if you do it once a week for a month, that is not giving it a fair shake or whatever. So, um, I hope that it brings, you know, better sleep, better, um, focus in the tasks that I do, because, you know, to be honest, flipping through Instagram or TikTok, which, you know, I do for work, but still you lose 20 minutes in that. Easy, easy, easy. And, and, and it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, we have all this input from like, what is normal right now? Mm -hmm. And it's, what is normal isn't always what is healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, like I said, I was definitely the person pre-meditation. Like you can ask Kate, like I was the doer of all the things like, and I was proud of it. Right. I I, I was like, I was very proud of being the doer of all the things. I'm like, I can do everything and I do do everything. And, um, yeah, it's not sustainable. Like you're burning the candle at both ends, you know, and I would get lost. I would get lost on Instagram and Facebook for like hours on end. And I'm like, where did that just happen? You know? Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's interesting. Cause that's like all the input that we're getting is to be on social media more and to be doing all these other things more. Like we're being told to being to, to do all this. And, and I definitely have fallen into that role and I'm totally guilty of it. And even, even just within the last three months, like I find more joy doing things that are not that anymore. You know, you, you start finding spaces where I'm just like, Oh, that's not as fun as it used to be anymore. I actually don't want to do that anymore. Like I'm on social media, maybe now like a half hour a day, if that, and even when I'm on it, I'm like, it's easier for me to just like turn off and be like, okay, you know, and Mm -hmm. my mornings, Oh my God, I used to wake up at 8am, be in the shower, eat breakfast and be literally like wet hair in the car, like driving, to like Oakland for like 35 minutes to, to run in at work right as my patient was coming in too. And I'm just like, that was my morning. I had like no time to ground before patients. And now like, it's easy. I get up six 30 in the morning. I don't start my day till like 11. I have five hours to just do whatever I want. And it's just, it's nice. And a lot of that time is sitting still and just sitting outside now and doing my meditation and just like enjoying things that aren't, I love people. But like doing things that aren't always people focused as well, too. Like I like just kind of like walking through nature in the morning or taking a walk and just noticing things outside of just like what what is kind of like in our faces all day long, too. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's it's nice. You start getting away from a lot of what is like considered normal, you know. And I lived with Lisa for many years and she is not a morning person. (laughs) Not at all. No. (laughs) So that is definitely a shift. 
And like, as I mean, I, I don't mind mornings and I am a morning person, but so are my kids. So <laughs> I'm going to have to get up before yeah. my son who sometimes likes to get up at five 30, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll survive it. Yeah. Maybe he'll, maybe I should have Deacon med- meditate with me. So he yeah. sleeps longer. Yeah. Well, kids, med- kids mimic what their parents do. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I started breath work with my daughter when she was probably around the age Deacon was. That's amazing. Um, and I should do that with him, but he, she's much more docile than Deacon. We should probably start that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that you're already doing that with your kids. You're already integrating tools that will only help them later in life. Like mm-hmm. I was introduced to meditation at 37, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I was like, what if I was introduced to this at like 31 or 27 Mm -hmm. or like 16, you know, when you have all kinds of like things happening, you know, or Mm -hmm. even like, even as like a child, like you get to go through life already not losing this kind of like sense of self, you know, and being Mm -hmm. established in yourself and, and knowing how to respond to different, um, environmental stresses appropriately without having like a reaction. Cause the more stress that we're under, the more over and hyper reactive we are. I don't know if you've ever heard of spoon theory is it's like, we only have so many spoons in a day mm-hmm. and that's, you know, and that's how much we give. And then all of a sudden we're borrowing spoons from tomorrow and then spoons from the next day and then spoons from the next day. When, when we're out of spoons, like we're out of energy, we're out of like adaptation energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you meditate, the more adaptable you come to, um, changes in your environment that are unexpected rather than getting like mad or upset or fearful or reacting, overreacting a certain way. It's just like, Oh, you start to kind of observe yourself in different situation and start to respond in a lot calmer, calmer ways. And again, this is all a practice. I'm I, by no means am I like, Oh, I'm like in blissed out heaven all the time. Like, um, but, but things do get easier. Um, and it's, and it's nice and, and it's, it's work, you know, but it's a way of us, being really like devoted to ourselves. And don't we all deserve that to show the same amount of devotion to ourselves that we do to like the people that we love and the people that we take care of around us. Like we deserve that as well too. Well, and this is such, I feel like I see self care promoted all the time, all over social media. And, you know, sometimes it's, it seems like it's get a, you know, go get a pedicure, go shopping, you know, do this for yourself in those ways, which, you know, isn't accessible to everyone. And to me, it wouldn't be self-care if I didn't have the means to do those things. So and it's more stress again, and right? it's more stress again. And, um, and, or, you know, on the, on the other side is, oh, your husband takes your kids and now you can shower. Well, showering should be just something you get yeah. to do all, anyways. But yeah. so this is, is something that doesn't cost anything. It's going to help your um, health on so many different levels. And it's, anyone can do it. You know, it's not class-based. It's not pigeonholed by any other thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So that is uh, one type of, of meditation, like she said. And, you know, it's, I don't know much about other types of meditation, but it sounds like from the yoga world, whenever I teach a yoga class and somebody, you know, didn't have a good time or I refer a patient to do a yoga class, I say, do not get discouraged. There's a type of yoga out there for everyone Mm -hmm. because yoga just means breath. 
And so if you can breathe, you can do yoga. And there's so many different forms out there. There is a form for everyone, even if it's just sitting in a chair breathing. Um, and yeah, which is a form of meditation. Yeah. And same same thing. Um, the, the point is with meditation, you sit down and you just do it. Like the purpose is to just sit down and give yourself some time to just do something different than what you're doing all day long. And it, it does, it really changes your life and it really changes your perspective on life and your outlook. And, um, I think, I think we can all kind of like benefit from some of that right now. Definitely. So I am going to do, um, her meditation ladies thing. This, she has so many courses per year. Um, there, she has some scheduled for Pittsburgh until December. And there's probably, I think six of them or four to six of them, I believe that are scheduled left for this year, but you can, I have, I have seen some of my, well, actually Dr. Kate that I interviewed before she's into Vedic meditation. So out in Michigan, she did an in-person one too with her person. So they are out there. Um, we might have to travel a little bit, but not too far. So, and I will provide, Lisa's website and that kind of thing. And if you want to ask her any questions or anything, her, uh, her chiropractic office is in uh, right in near Pittsburgh in Millvale. And I would also like to say, you will see what type of a person I was by my website because, because that was pre-meditation. So you can see how, how um, very energetic I was on like the website. So you can see I was very much a person and, I, I don't update things, especially not with technology very often. So it's cool to kind of like, it, it, it's, um, it would have been embarrassing to go back and, and, and read some of that stuff. But at the same point too, I'm like, that's who I was. And that's how, like, I'm proud of that person, you know, and it was definitely like, it's, it, and that person is really important. And you start to learn to accept every stage of who you are as well too. But I look back and I read that and I was like, whoa, girl, I was like, you were exhausting. <laughs> But still, still delightful. But there was a lot. There, there's a lot, you know, and it's just it feels good to just slow down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any thing, topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.